Show presents Scratch It Trailer. The podcast where we debate which track to scratch off some of the most known and unknown albums of all time. We live in an era of singles. This is an album. People no longer listen to an album for the work it truly is. It kind of defines a band. It's just not something that people relate to nowadays. We've all gotten the dreaded. Started out as a game. Which track on the album would would you scratch out if you had to? Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Scratch a Track podcast presented by the Dude and Grim Show and co-produced by Mr. I-B-E-S-T. For all of those of you spelling at home, and I am the Dude. And I am Grim. And although we're not necessarily in the height of the pandemic anymore, we are still about to get locked down with my man, Mr. Dr. John. And I he's an actual. Do you think he has a PhD? Dude, he should. He has a PhD and just like just, just badass kicking ass and taking funk, names, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, Snapping necks and cashing checks, dude. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I'm gonna get a throat rip in there, so I think that might be you. <laughs> um, you small fry. <laughs> <laughs> now, I believe this to be. Now, I could be wrong, but I think it may be his last. Like recorded album of original material i could be wrong on that but i think it might be um mm. dude mm. dude was 72 years old when this thing came out i'm sorry but most of the time you think of somebody of that age and you're like well that's cool they had a good career they'll probably put out a good retrospective or a greatest hits you know to kind of wrap things up yeah, he goes ahead and no. teams up with Dan Auerbach of the Black Keys, uh, and now no. a producer in his own right. And dude releases one of the best albums of his career. Dude, it's uh, I will fully admit I was not as well versed in Doctor John definitely as you are, and I know you have. I think you were just saying before we got on like. Other than the Beatles, you have probably Dr. John is like More, the most prolific artist in your vinyl collection. And I don't know. I mean, I, you know, our, our man Leifer got me into Dr. John a long time ago, and I liked it then. Ooh. But there was just there's just something throughout the years of his music that I've really got into um, because I don't think anyone else sounds like him. He has that like psychedelic voodoo kind <laughs> of sound that is Guttural totally sound. unique. Yeah. And um, it really, yeah. I mean, really dude, he is. explores and, the space for real. But like, you know, in this album, even when you look at the cover, he kind of goes back to his persona from that psychedelic voodoo era, which he was Doctor John the Night Tripper. And um, right, you know, and a lot of people said that this because you know he had, of course, done like the the what you'd think of as the normal like New Orleans kind of sound. But he went right. he went back in this album to like what his yeah. stuff sounded like in the late sixties and early seventies, which is the period where I coincidentally have all those records of. Yeah, I mean that's just kind of doing some research, it really sounded like that's kind of just you know what he did here and um not being as familiar with those albums, I mean it 
it really has that feel to it. And I remember when I first listened to it, really not knowing anything about it. You know, I was listening to it and I was like, man, I, I, I can't tell what time period this is. From. I know. I really couldn't. And that's what's cool like, about it. That's what was. Because yeah, I had heard was, that and then he came out. It was like 2012? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I had heard around that time that he was coming out with a new album. And I remember listening to it. And I, I mean, I will say it, it did spark a little more interest that he worked with Auerbach. Because, I mean, dude, a guy who's done that much with like, well, we're huge. like blues, and, you yeah. know, you, you figured it was going to be good. Because I think of some of the other albums he produced, like... Um, I've listened to some Ray LaMontagne, was never the hugest Ray LaMontagne fan. Yeah. But dude, the the album that Auerbach produced for him was awesome. Supernova. I, I mean, he's just it, it's like he has this way of when he works with people, it it just kinda is an interesting collaboration. And there this was no no departure from that. So yeah, well, and it sounds like, I mean, dude, there was a lot of people who, who worked on this album. Now, I mean, initially it was, um, you know, Dr. John. I think Dr. John even said, um, like, his granddaughter is the one who introduced him to Dan Auerbach, played some of um, him, his his old Black Keys records. And he was like, you know, my granddaughter usually usually sends me stuff or, like, plays stuff for me. He's like, yeah, it's just not good. He's like, but this... He was like, wow, I was surprised because he was like, it was like nothing she'd ever played for me yeah, before. Yeah. But I, I think um, it's cool because I would imagine Auerbach wanted to, I think he was the one who initiated contact, I think. I, I think so too. That's what I, uh, just from the research I did. And then then they played together at Bonnaroo. They played a set, yeah. like they call it like a super jam. I think it was maybe the drummer from My Morning yep. Jacket was also yep. involved and in, 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 in someone else. I, f- I forget who it was. Um but yeah, then they, um, it was after that they went to, uh, to Dan's studio in Nashville. Easy Eye Sound. And that's where, during during those sessions, um, that's where a bulk of, yep. of this was was done. Yeah, and um, I mean, it, you know, somebody like, like him, he didn't, there was, Dr. John was always him. There was never like a consistent band, so to speak. I mean, he did one album where... Um, if you're not familiar with funk, you wouldn't know these guys, but the meters uh, are just like a staple in funk music. And I think his album in the right place, the meters were his backing band. So he just worked with different people. And like I was saying on that special edition, I just bought a sun, moon and herbs. I mean, dude, Eric Clapton played slide guitar and like that whole album. Cause he recorded it in London right. and Mick Jagger was, I mean, it's just like, he's right. always worked with, with just these different characters. And, um, yeah. I don't know. Now, would you characterize, would you say like the meters were to funk music as like, let's say, I don't know, like the character Needles was to Back to the Future Part 2? <laughs> oh, dude, probably, probably, dude. They would have definitely got McFly to send that fax. I mean, like without uh, a doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's the first thing I thought yeah. of. So. Definitely a big part of it. Big oh, part just please pass. Uh, I mean, it's like a toss up between him and the nihilist and in Lebowski. You know, I mean, like those are just like, yeah. two amazing Dude, characters. You know, I know this is mostly a music podcast, so we there's discuss. a lot of movie. I, I think references. an episode, de- an episode, definitely needs to be. What was Flea's best character? Yeah, it's going to be tough to be. I mean, Eagles, dude. 
Is real tough. Yeah. Yeah, if they come out with a new Back to the Future, I really hope they reprise this role. Oh, they have to. Um, they have to. They have to. Anyways, so all right. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, dude was seventy two years old. Now, I I will say one thing about this album is it did not get as swampy as some of the other stuff. But I I, I okay. like that about it too was- because it's. It's it's very much like hip and upbeat and you know there's slow songs too but for the most part it's pretty it goes pretty strong throughout yep. it and I just I think it's yeah. well produced I like the fact that it was recorded um, in our box studio on all analog gear tons of use of the Wurlitzer and the Farfisa which are two things that I can say throughout his his psychedelic uh, voodoo period. I don't hear a lot of. Well, it's funny because he said, I believe in one of his interviews that he actually, excuse me, he hated the Farfisa yeah. as an instrument. And then he got to Dan's studio and had one there and either started messing with it. And he was like, oh my gosh, I, I really like yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that's pretty sweet, man. I mean, for a 72 year old to be like, God, I've basically hated this instrument my whole life. Yeah. But now I think it's kind of badass, and yeah, let's put that in. There. Oh, and let's, he uses yeah, it a lot. It. I mean, on on some of, on some of like the best, some of my favorite songs in there, it is very prominent, and it's got just such a yep. biting, nasty tone uh, that you know. So, yeah, it does. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's a there's really a whole lot else that kind of goes into the to the preface uh, bit of it. I mean, no, I talked about no. the cover, how he's kind of back in like his night tripper sort of vibe. And I guess if we want to get into the Real songs, trippy. even in the in the beginning of the first song, lockdown. I mean, it it's like the sound of the swamp. You know it. So. <clears throat> It, it, it's interesting you say that because because um, you also said a few minutes ago it's maybe not as swampy. Uh-huh. But I, I've personally felt the way this album flowed. I feel like it starts off a little more like that. And then as the album progresses, it maybe gets a little... I think some of the slower songs and different sounds are a little more towards the end. I feel yeah, like I agree. the first couple had sort of that kind of that... Oh, they it. got, but yeah, they got this one that, definitely. I, I did, yeah, they got that grit, but I mean, some of his stuff is just like so dark, and and it, it just it, it like it, it's like the rock and roll equivalent of voodoo. I mean, it's it's amazing. And this, this was a little bit of a departure, but yeah, I mean, the sound is real gritty and kind of swampy in its own right for you know, rock and roll, I guess. Yeah, it's funny because that's how I characterize it. It was like. I feel like this is almost like a snake charmer who lives out in the swamp. And that's before I even like thought of it as that's swampy, kind of that's what people what would characterize like. uh, him as. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I just saw that, you know, I, I really like the drums on this first song and the, the way his vocals sound. It's just yeah. really, I don't know, just, just real good. Uh, one of the lines that stuck out to me though, is he, he sings, uh, don't point no finger at me like you do. Uh, no three of them pointing back yeah. at you. Uh-huh. Like, uh, you know, I I really liked some of his lyrics. Oh, they're and, great and lyrics, dude. And he sings about some random shit. Yeah, he too, does. Man. But it's, dude, it's, it's, the yeah. future's stretched out like a rubber check. I mean, there, he just he has some some really 
some really good lyrics. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, he, he clearly did not lose any of his writing or even singing abilities. I mean, I, I thought his, no. his voice was really good as well. Definitely. No, I'm with you. For the age. I'm with you. Well, we could have done the songs of the same name here on this track number two. I mean, oh, Revolution. dude, yeah. That, that would have been great. But again, the fans, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <clears throat> thanks. Thanks. For, thanks a lot. Yeah. Um, so one thing I'll say, and, it, and I'll say I, I get this, get this feel on this song and, and I don't want to jump ahead too yeah, much yeah. to the third track yet, but, but these next two tracks and I'll, I'll be curious as to, to see if you sort of agree with this at all. These songs, and, and this would be an interesting experiment, but I feel like when I'm listening to these, these songs, I feel like I'm listening to Amy Winehouse's grandpa. Oh, dude, I could hear it because of the horns. Like, totally because of yes. the horns. And dude, yeah. And I was like, man, you could take his words out. Like, I feel like if she would have, I know, unfortunately, if she would have lived longer. She, like oh, she could have made songs very similar to this. They, you could replace like yeah her vocals in this, these songs, and they would fit very nicely. I would really love to. Oh, I know that, that would be like a mashup. Can we do a mashup? But what is what does uh, Crosby say in that one? It just uh, do you, what, what would Janice be singing now? What would what would Jimmy about, be playing? These are, these are major <laughs> major things. Yeah. But also an interesting thing, and I don't know how to how to say this um but with a guy i think who plays bass on this album and nick drake moishovin yeah moivishin um he played on amy winehouse's back to black oh that's sweet so so and not to jump back we're hearing not to jump back but i think one thing that helps the the album start out and and get that feel is the fact that it's he starts out with an upright acoustic bass too Oh, that okay. that so does that just add a nice touch. But anyways, back to where we are. So revolution. Now you, you talked about Doctor yep. John embracing the Farfisa. Like, dude, he plays a solo on the Farfisa in this song. You know, you can't embrace it more than dude, that, really. No, I mean, if you're willing to play a solo on it, I, it it's like using it as a pillow. What is it? I, I like rebellion. Revolution is this the final solution? Because that dude, usually when you say the final solution, it has some very um, uh, negative connotations. But I, I like how he he uses it. Bit. Yeah. Um, now the next one, big, big shot, shot, dude. I, I don't want to keep keep going with the songs of the same name, but doesn't Billy Joel have a song called Big Shot? Oh yeah, dude. You had to be a big shot, lad. dude. You're this album could have given us like a, a month of songs of the same name. So again. You know, to everyone, I kind of got to throw out a little bit of a... What the fuck is that shit? Yeah, but we love you. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> but again, yeah, this is one of those ones where I really felt like, man, if you took his vocals out and you, like, put in Amy Winehouse, like, she could... It, it just fits her sort of sound and feel. Yeah, like it does. yeah I, I can know, see man. that. Um, um, yeah, what does he, he say? He says some funny... Oh, one thing I like too is at the beginning of this, lines, yeah. they got that little Mellotron sample that's like, that's that's kind of cool. The I can only think of some other people who have done that, but Eels does a really good job using a one of those oh. cheesy samples yeah. like that sometimes. But I like how they use it here, <laughs> and then at the end of the song too. Definitely. 
Well, one of the lyrics at the end that I really like is, uh, I, I actually, I don't know. I, I forget. I don't think it's quite at the end, but it's like, if I don't cure you, I'm sure to kill you. Uh, got the remedy. And sure, and that's to sure to heal you. Yeah, I know, man. It's like the good doctor coming out right there. It's, it's the witch doctor, man. Witch I, doctor. I, I know. I know, dude, you should hear like some of the shit that he talks about in his other records. I mean, he's talking about like, like fucking tiger claw. I mean, just like all this, like total voodoo shit and i like how he kind of goes back into it with this stuff i see they're coming out with a i think a second season of the tiger king what is it like is it what happens to him in jail i don't want to see that i don't either but dude i would be interested if they find out that that chick killed her husband and fed him to the tigers because that she's suing that no she's suing netflix now i just saw a headline of that Carol Baskin. She, I think she was on like Dancing with the Stars for like a hot minute, and now she's suing Netflix. I mean, why wow. they didn't they didn't uh, accuse her of anything? Her portrayal. Oh, man. like honey, you probably signed it. Probably signed an NDA or something. Yeah. Good luck with that. Anyways, moving on. Track number four, dude. I see. I love this again. The, they they get that real. They use the the vibrato on the farfisa and get that. Din, 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 you know they they. It's, is that yeah? Is that the farfisa? Because yeah, I was curious. It sounds a little different to me, but it sounds also kind of like really raw. Well, uh, it is. I mean the 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 characteristic of the sound. I'll um, I think I'll I'll splice in a sample like offline and just kind of put a sample in like right there ish. Um, of like kind of what I'm talking about, uh, because it, it like it does have a very distinct sound, but he's not playing it like real punchy. He's like letting it kind of ride, you know, and makes and makes some of the the feeling of it. And then they got the guitar and everything else too, and that but I like the the dude the lyrics to the the song Ice Age are like dude. super dark about like kind of the real bad parts of society. I my my favorite and it was funny because when I was listening to this, I was making dinner the other night and it came on as like my daughter's in the room like drawing a picture and and my wife was in the other room doing something and he he comes up with that line when he's like, "This is the Ice Age smoking crack." Tying up blunts, firing up blunts. <laughs> yeah, dude. Just, just. Well, what about KKK, CIA? Yeah. all playing in the same cage. But there's, yeah. there's just something. But yeah, the smoking. Crack, yeah, just, just blunts. how like yep. definitive he's smoking crack. Yeah, I love it, dude. Mm-hmm. What he he has a he has a lot of good, interesting lines in it. And tell you, what does he say? You 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 start losing hope and using dope. I mean, it kind of talks about that whole cycle of like going into poverty and addiction, and it's it's. And dude, I mean, you're talking about someone who was like a card carrying heroin addict for many years. So, man, wow, blood on the tracks, man. Well, then we move to track number five. Um, Getaway. Mm-hmm. I, I think this for me might be my favorite song on the album. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I love the intro and the song and also the song Getaway. It, it was funny. I 
I didn't even look at the name of the title of the song, but I'm like listening to it. I could really hear this song being played like in a movie, like Django Unchained. It has this real kind of Western feel to me of like being on the run. Yeah. And then I looked at the title of the song and it's called Getaway. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, that, that makes sense. But it has this, it has this feel of kind of like a, a getaway I, I and trying to you. escape and, and someone's chasing you. Yeah, uh, it's that's, funny that's that you I, bring up like the Western sound. I feel like some of that is what they do with the guitars, how there's just a lot of like spring yeah. reverb and sometimes they got their vibrato on the guitar and it, it really, to me, sure. has that feeling of how like music would be portrayed in Westerns, which is ironic because I always felt that way about dude... Django. The intro to White Room has like this huge <laughs> Western sound to it, right? So much. Yeah. So much. But man. but at the same time, Definitely. they're they're making music for movies from a time period when electricity itself didn't even exist, but yet we associate that sound with that sound. Yeah, it's really weird. You're right. right. I think it is the vibrato of that. Yeah, guitar. there's something about it's that that's something to me, about it. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. Come get you. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, anyways, this is my this is my favorite track, and I think part of it is the intro. And I forget. I don't know if that is a farfisa or what they use in the beginning, but I really like just the the sound of it, man. It's, it's some it's some good shit. Yeah. Good shit. Now, again, this one <clears throat> definitely is the farfisa, but I love, dude, the fucking intro for Kingdom is isness with that. Eh, 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 eh. You know, and then just yeah. the riff. It's just a hot riff and the way it plays off the beat and, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it, it has this, the way, at least when I was listening to it, I feel like it, the the Farfisa, it has like almost like a sticky sound. I don't know, there was oh, something dude, yeah. to it that it was, it was, I, I don't know why, but that was the way when I heard it, I was like, man, that, I don't know, there's something about it as like a, there's a certain grittiness, but I'm like, oh, it almost sounds sticky. I don't know. Something yeah. Like well, okay. You want to know why this is? You want to go down this rabbit hole? This is the reason. So, one of the characteristic sounds of the Farfisa is the sound wave itself in which it produces. Because, like on these synthesizers over here, you can select a sound wave. And sound waves come in different like forms. There's, I like what you've done here. Yeah. There's a triangle wave which is a pretty basic sound. And then there's a sawtooth wave, which is a lot like grittier. I mean, think of a sound like a saw, like a buzzing. It's more like a buzzing. And then you have square waves and extended square. So sound in my head. Yeah. So a lot of these combo organs, which is what the far, I I look like you can see it, but I have a farfisa over here. And um, a lot of the, the, those combo organs would use like a triangle wave, right? Which is just pretty, a pretty basic sound. But the Farfisa, I guess, from what I understand, is they had it set up with the oscillators in it so that it was like, it wasn't a triangle wave. It was like a 67% sawtooth wave. So it was like somewhere in between, Whoa. but it gave it, it gave it like this buzz. It's all, it's like it has a buzz to it. You know what I mean? Like a fridge buzz. Yeah. Yeah. Trippy. And I, I mean, it. that's real nerdy, but I, I mean, you know, when you like get to the point where you have a room filled with these instruments um you kind of get to Dirty, learn nerdy. some things about them so but i, I dude nice i dig now it. um from a lyrics perspective 
I think the Kingdom of Isness is kind of like Ice Age in a way. It's talking about like kind of the current state of things. But in some ways, though, there, it's like there's hope for it because I like he says uh, something about can't hire, can't help ourselves no matter what we do. And then he says uh, some of the effect of it doesn't matter if you're Muslim, Christian or Jew. Like it, it's kind of, you know, there's like a bright side like to it. It seems like it's like his rendition of Spinal Tap's uh, Stonehenge, you know, you know, where the demons live and the banshees dwell. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's, dude. I mean, it's, it's pretty much a cover, but just not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, yeah. you know, and then you got that. If you look at the linear notes, it's probably inspired you by. you got the triptychs right? that are yeah. just in danger of being crushed by a dwarf. Exactly. But. Uh, it was, and obviously it was, it was mixed, mixed wrong. Yeah. But other than that. Yeah, clearly. Fucking. Yes. Janine, bitch. Um, wow, so, track number is. seven. She is. Your wife, um, uh, you well, lie. We're probably going to be you lie, you lie. But the um, truth sounds better. Now I like how this kind um, of bounces back and forth with that riff in the middle, and then the lyrics come. Yeah, to me, I felt like at least in the beginning, uh, this song. To this point, it feels like very different than anything we've heard yeah. in this album so far. Because it's got a different um, like cadence to it. It does, yeah. That's the yeah, vibrato that's, guitar. That's, that's, that's probably what it was. Um, and it sounded like... It sounds like they may have double-tracked his vocals, which I don't know if they've done that to this point in this album. No, I, I There's something with his vocals, or, or they put a lot of reverb on it, or yeah. so. I don't know what it was. No, I, I think you're right. Um, they may have done some double tracking, but you're right. I mean, this this would definitely be the first time that you've heard that. Uh, and he he was never in it too. Uh, I think there may have been actually. Now that you say like, it, like towards the uh, end, because uh, it sounds like it has the saloon, yeah. the saloon feel kind of towards the end. And, and I, even with those with be. those like um, with those hits, uh, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. Um, all right. How do you say this Dude, next track? Because he says it in it and he goes, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, and then he goes, Eligua. Now this is swampy. Oh, wow. Okay. Swampy. Except when it yeah. when it kind of lightens up and it gets to that part and he goes, Tricknology. Dude, I dude, I actually thought that it sounded like sort of like a seventies movie theme song, like from Shaft or something. Yeah, like sure. It just has this like weird, weird sound to me, like that. I was like, man, I could totally see this as like an opening credits. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's just well, that's it's just it's weird thinking. too because he he uses that phrase tricknology, which is like um, kind of mixing the word like trickery and technology. And I think he described himself like in the in his early days as like the original tricknologist. <laughs> Dude, a tricknologist. Yeah, isn't that sweet? Kind of, it's like uh like um self proclaimed. Yeah, kind of like cool. how uh Zach de la Rocha in, in uh Rage Against the Machine uses like politrix a lot. That that word. Oh, I like oh, that. Dude. It's just a straight up politrix. Now I don't know where I was going with that. So we can just I'm sure it was someplace great. Yeah. Oh yeah. But. It was definitely not a rabbit hole of any kind. 
Minds blown. Yeah. All right, my children, my angels. Mm-hmm. Track number nine. Number nine. Number nine. I feel like this is the song I would have expected someone of his age to write because it's for his kids that he obviously was probably not the best father for like a little Johnny Cash sort of like regret maybe yeah dude very much very much in that that vein but but at the same point I think it's real like like honest and heartfelt and dude of course the whirly sounds amazing in it okay is that what that is like in the intro oh the the whole song is playing it well, the whole song, but that's where I, I mm-hmm. think in my notes, I'm like, oh, yeah, I really like that part. But and it's, you know, it's interesting when it continues because out. when I think of his music from the period that I like the most, I can't say that there is one track where he ever played that instrument. I can only yeah. think of one song where I've ever even that I can think of where I've ever even heard him play like a Rhodes electric piano. Like he just didn't play. It's like Elton John. Elton John played, dude, he played a Rhodes and Daniel. That's like it. Everything else was regular piano or organ. And Dr. John was very similar in that, in that way. That's so interesting to me. Cause I feel like if I'm, especially with someone like Elton John, like dude, that, you know, that he's a piano you're playing something with keys. Yeah. You're playing something with keys. Yeah. Like, man, I'd kind of want to just like, dabble you know well, sometimes you want raspberry sometimes you want strawberry sometimes you want blackberry dude i dig you know? but see here's the here's the thing about that is i think and i heard about this from uh like the jazz musicians like chick korea because um when that instrument kind of came to prominence um miles davis was using it this is like bitches brew era directions like slightly before bitches brew and he wanted those guys to play yeah. a Rhodes piano and they were like, yeah. their reaction is like real pianist was like, this is a fucking toy. Like, I don't want to, like, I right. don't want to play this. This is a toy, but they, huh. but of course they did it at his insistence. <laughs> like they were too good for it? Not that they were too good for it, but it just, they didn't see it as a real instrument, you know? Hmm. And, and the thing is when you open one up, I mean, it has action. There's something really, it's not a computer chip, you know, it, it is a real instrument, but to a lot of people, uh, I think these things were, were sounded like toys. Um, hmm. And so a lot of people didn't didn't weren't really that interested in, in playing them. And then this is something man, I wanted to bring up. pretty badass to me. <laughs> something I wanted to bring up earlier. Now, Dr. John has he he wanted to be a guitar player, um, but he kind of took up with the piano and. Do you know why that was? I do not know, but I bet you do. Um, he got his finger shot off by like some like a like a pimp or a drug. Like he was involved with some shady ass shit in the New Orleans like Damn. scene, and he got like part of one of his fingers shot off, <laughs> and so he couldn't play guitar. Damn. Like he could, but not man. like he wanted to. I could definitely see it affecting your finger picking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, Jerry played and he had, I think part of his middle finger was gone. So. Yeah, true. But he couldn't play piano like the good doctor. Middle either. finger. No. Nope. So anyways, sorry. All right. A little bit of a tangent. Track, track number 10. Yeah, we That's rounded right. it out. Good um, God's, God's sure good. Sure good. Very gospel-ish. 
lot of background singers. That's what I had. I think he's this got the Hammond on this feel. one. He's got like some straight up organ yes. on this one. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because I was trying to think about what, uh, if there was a song out there um, that this kind of reminded me of. But it, one thing we haven't really touched on a, a lot, and of course, because Dan Auerbach produced this, a lot of, uh, you you hear in a lot of the songs, like, so many of the sort of black keys elements. And I don't oh, just mean like Dan's yes. guitar Dan's guitar playing I know or anything exactly like that. exactly what you're saying. But I'm I just agree. like, oh my God, this is like sometimes I'm like, man, I feel like I'm listening to a black keys song with, you know, Dr. John singing yeah. a, a, oh, sure. a little bit. Um, I, re- I really do feel that. And um, this one has, I think some elements, elements jumped out to me. Um, and it is a little more, it, it does. It has that gospel sort of soul uh, feel to it and I think for me this is the this is the you know sort of perfect spot for the song just like we talked about previously on the Broken yeah, Bells you know because it's the, like, the remains of rock and roll you put it at the yes. end it, it, it's and, and now I, I get good. it because you know after my children my angels you're talking about a lot of like serious um, probably regret and, and a lot of I don't know tough things that that happened in life, and so this is sort of like a bit of a reprieve from from that. Just saying, like you know, despite the fact that uh, pimp slash drug dealer shot my finger off, and I didn't play guitar, I was hooked on the junk for several decades. Didn't really get much of my kids' upbringing. Like, I mean, shit still worked out. <laughs> you know, he was busy. You know, yeah. he was busy. He had. Dude, those albums were not going to record themselves. It doesn't usually work that way. <laughs> no. It really doesn't. Because if it did, there'd be a lot of albums out there. Well, The Good Doctor <laughs> does have quite a few. So. Yep. All right, Grim. Well, um, first of all, um, I, I think I stated earlier, um, I think Getaway was my favorite track on the album. Do you have a favorite favorite track on this album? Yeah, dude, the kingdom of isness. Oh, I just, dude, the riff is the riff is so hot. I, I just, I really like that, and I, I really like the fact that, I mean, of course, he he was doing it throughout the course of this album, but I really do like the fact that it's just on an instrument that I don't think you've ever heard him play on any of his recordings. That is music. cool. I, that, uh, yeah, I, I like that a lot. That's cool. It's like, uh, even at 72, that. there was still something completely fresh about it. Deaf. Most deaf. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I you're think on the first T of, this time. On the T. On the B is on the T. Or D is on the T. Yeah. D is D on the T. Is on the tee. Um, well, I'm gonna make it short and sweet and do a quick little chop here, and I'm gonna cut off. Uh, God's sure good. Um, okay, it's the last track. I feel like it doesn't doesn't fit the album um, necessarily. I I feel like the album. If you want to talk about there being a progression in the album, it's. I feel like it starts off sort of really dark. I think I mentioned this maybe a little earlier, and then as the songs kind of progress, it definitely. Maybe lightens up a little bit. It's not as yeah. I don't know. Swampy and is is deep. Um, and I mean, if there's a place for this song at the end, uh, I mean, if there's a place for this song, it is at the end. I agree with you. Uh, I like. What I'm you're just kind of eh, eh. I'm good. I'm good. All right, we're going to overtime. 
Dude, blow that whistle. Yeah, I know. Now, now it's time to it's time to think. But while we're thinking, well, I, w- I want your reasoning. What's your reasoning? Oh, um, cutting. God, sure good. Yeah, kind of the same. Kind of the same sentiment. I, I mean, I certainly don't think it's it's a bad song by any means, but it's just it's not my favorite one. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of. I don't know. It, yeah. it, you know, yeah. it's just not my favorite one. All it right, almost reminds me more of like the stuff that he's done since the period that really is representative of most of this album. And that's that's not bad. Okay. It's just not like my favorite thing. Sure. So, I'm going to have to I'm I'm going to say while you're while you're thinking of um your alternate and I'm thinking of my alternate. This might be a good time since we totally forgot to uh if you've made it this far. I mean, Did we? just do us the favor at this point. Go ahead and like, subscribe and comment below. Cuz we got more Dr. John and awesome stuff. And dude, we should also just remind people. We have got a whole back catalog of episodes. Some bands that you've probably never heard of, some that you know all too well. And um a whole bunch of varieties and formats and things and yeah, we like to get we like to talk about music, and we think that you do too, especially if you've made it this far. Yeah, yeah, sure. And sometimes just hear yes. about it. Yeah. All right, so I got to pick. Yeah, huh? you gotta, you gotta go for. Yeah. You know, I, I'll probably just go with uh, track number eight, Ligua. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was fine. I liked I liked it. Does have this movie sort of feel theme to me um at a certain scent but i don't know it, it it's a fine song but it just didn't didn't overly overly do it for me i don't think it doesn't have a whole lot of lyrics i will say that it's it's kind of light on the lyrics department and i like to get deep into the words oh yeah dude smoking crack <laughs> um yeah well we're not got? going into double it's tough. I to me, it's between that one and my children, my angels. And the only reason I would do my children, my angels, is because it again is uh, maybe not again the but, subject matter. Yeah, that. But it's it's just such a um, such a down tempo thing from the rest of the album. I mean, at least Elegua kind of yeah. sticks with like the general feel. But at the same point, yeah, that. I would I would struggle because I think that it's an important song, and I I can't say that I've ever heard anyone write a song like that, like from that perspective, like to their own children and acknowledging like the things that they know that they did wrong as a parent throughout their life. Like, dude, that's a that's unprecedented. I feel like for at least the music that I know. <laughs> It reminds me of uh, that song on Shatner's album. He's talking oh, about. Oh yeah! Of, you know, I don't want to hear about what you did in your thirties. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can we try Cold Mountain? Yeah. Or is that too long? Or is that too long? Eat some pizza, drink some beer. Yeah, I, dude, I yeah. love that. Yeah, but but it, kind of, it it is very similar to that. I know. Though, in in the idea, I guess that's of, that's a good point. That. I didn't think about that, but it's yeah, it's interesting because I mean. 
Of course, everyone hears about the angsty songs where the kids are saying, like, you know, F my parents and all this stuff. But how often do you ever hear the other the other version of that? You don't. You do not. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So no regrets. All right. No regrets. Well, no regrets. Well, I think it would be great to know, um, one, what people's favorite songs are, uh, what their scratches would be, but also other um, Dr. John albums. Grim, you are a Dr. John fan. If there's Dude. one, is this your favorite Dr. John album? And, you know, what no. after people listen, to what, but it's what's the what's a after this one? Wh- where would you direct people? How, how, do, how would they progress through his catalog? <sighs> Dude, I mean, we don't have that much time. I know, but, but yeah. excellent question. I, I don't even know. I mean, you can't go wrong with the sun, moon, and herbs, which I just talked about on our talking vinyl episode because I got the deluxe edition of that. And, dude, real quick thing on that. I read that it's got a nice book, real nice little booklet in there. Ooh. The reason that like there were two book. extra discs in that vinyl is because he originally wanted it to be a triple album. And dude, his manager like, like screw like totally screwed. Like, subscribe and comment below. Anyways, but yeah, I'd go to that one. I don't know the sun, moon, and herbs. If you want something that's more like this, I'd probably say uh, uh, in the right place because that's got his hit. Right place, wrong time. Everything in that's right place. All right. Yeah. But I would like to hear what other people would if if they like Doctor John and what would their <clears throat> recommendations be because yeah can't go wrong with Gree Gree either that's pretty dark so I don't know I like mark it. it all right all right Grim time to go all you fans hope you enjoy lock it down. Scratcher Track is produced by the Dude and Grimm. Additional music provided by Moore and the Tims. Copyright 2021, The Dude and Grimm Show.